How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Bonjour, bienvenue à moi à Camelon Pond Podcast. Uh, avec tes hosts, I don't know French. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Camelon Pond, a Doctor Who discussion podcast with your two best friends. Elliot. <laughs> and Damla. Maybe ca- occasionally speak French, because I'm keeping that in. <laughs> <laughs> avec your two best friends, I don't know any French. <laughs> <laughs> And it's some Spanish. That's about it. Oh. Uh, how you doing? I'm all right. I'm I'm not bad, you know. I'm a bit p- pissed off because I just found out. Sorry, we're going straight into it. I just found out that the series five soundtrack. <laughs> you're you're already like this bitch. Fucking shut up. No, 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 no. I just, <laughs> I just. There's a reason why I didn't tell you the price mark. I just made you go and look at it on your own, so I didn't get the wrath. Yeah, the wrath. Um. Yeah. The Doctor Who Series 5 soundtrack is being pressed onto vinyl. Happy days, you think. Happy days. Damla can add to her stupid little collection of plastic discs. No, 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 my friend. It's a sad day because the bastard thing costs £74. Why? Why? Why, Why? girl? Why? Genuinely bizarre. Like, it's a trifold. Fair. I'd expect 40 to 50 quid for that. I'd expect it. But 
74 bastard pounds. Why? Just for some <laughs> nice coloured vinyl. Like like the flip the flipping series one and two soundtrack was pressed on vinyl and that was like in the thirty pound range and I was like, Oh stunning, gonna order that immediately. Ordered it, I have it, and I love it. It's wonderful. I recommend you order it yourself. On orange, swirly vinyl. I was gonna say, honestly I was gonna say that's got coloured vinyl with it as well, right? Yeah, so Yeah, and it's stunning and yeah. I played you snippets of it and it's beautiful, but yeah. like why why oh why oh why? I think it's worse because I preemptively jumped the gun. Found yeah. a photograph of it, sent you a photograph of it, got you very excited. Obviously, knew it was yes. going to cost money, but like, yeah. Then when, then when you couldn't find it in stock anywhere, then someone messages the podcast, which by the way, thank you, and is like, here's here's a listing of it on Rough Trade, and it's seventy five pounds. Like fucking hell, Jesus, fuck. <laughs> bloody hell, mate, <laughs> bloody hell. So uh, yeah, you know, Madman in a Box is going to have to wait. It's going to have to be played out of my phone and computer, not on vinyl. Yeah, maybe oh, we'll well. do more standard pressing or something at some point. Hopefully. But anyway, <laughs> do you know yeah. what's not bloody irritating and mind-numbing? Me, I'm fine. Thank you for asking. I've not got anything oh going on. Um, yeah, you. You. You're not mind-numbing or irritating. How are you? No, I'm fine. That Genuinely, was the segue. Yeah, nothing Nothing happening. <laughs> but you know what is happening? This This is happening right now. This is, this happening. is happening. And within that, the tranche of things that are happening... There's a sort of microcosm of smaller things that are happening, and one of those microcosms, we, emails. We've got three emails. Three emails. Sorry, we've got three emails. I fumbled, I fumbled the metaphor. Three emails, Elliot. Three emails. Thank you for bringing that forward. Anyway, yes. You're welcome. I brought it forward, pushed <laughs> it up the agenda, even though there's nothing else to discuss other than the episode. But I brought it right to the top of the agenda. Three yes, emails. you did. Thank you. So put on your hat, your boots. I was going to say your coat. But no, yep, yeah, a coat. But uh, walk bloody on over there, mate. <laughs> Down over here, there. I don't know why you put your hand, your coat, your boots on. It's only just around the corner. Idiot. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, okay. Let's 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 um let's hop with that for a little while. We do. We have three emails, three lovely emails. Can't guarantee that, but I'm sure they're all right. Um, let's have a look. <laughs> You're all lovely. Yeah. First one is from Lewis. Lewis says, "Hi Dini," and then in brackets, "My loves." Now, either call us "my loves" or Dini. I will not accept both. Lewis, my loves. My love. I like my loves. I like my loves too. Yeah. It's been a long while since I've written in. Oh, repeat email. I didn't read that the first time. I'm very much still listening to and enjoying your journey through the series. However, recently there was a Doctor Who Worlds of Wonder exhibit in the National Museum of Scotland, and both being Scottish and a Doctor Who fan, it felt like an obligation almost. Fair play. So, my pal and I hopped on the bus to Edinburgh, him wearing a vaguely 10th Doctor pinstripe blazer, and me wearing a vaguely 9th Doctor leather jacket. That's just code for he's wearing a suit, I was wearing a leather jacket. And we both <laughs> decided to bring our childhood Sonic screwdriver toys. Okay, which is somewhere between quite sweet and very cringe. That's not me saying that, that's Lewis saying that. I think it's very sweet, actually. So <laughs> I think it's cute. I think it's cute. I love it. It's fine. So, we go to the museum and head up to the exhibit, only to quickly realise that we are quite ignorant people that hadn't even checked to see if you had to pay to get into the thing. You did. So, after £16.50 swiftly disappeared from my bank account, we made our way through the exhibit doors and into the worlds of wonder. Yeah, it was just kind of fine, to be honest. <laughs> <Not a> <laughs> <different>. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh that's my favourite review of anything I've ever read. Lewis, I love you. Um, <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> yeah, sixteen per fifty. A little on the spendy side for something that's just kind of yeah. fine. Not to be a downer, but it was very short, like in and out. Nothing like an exhibition which tours around series four. True. There are lots yes, of cool props, yes. a TARDIS console, and a few Daleks scattered out here and there. But my personal highlight was Matt Lucas and Greg Davis decapitated heads suspended in one of the glass displays. Quite frankly, made the 16 quid worth it. I too would like to see Matt Lucas decapitated, if anything, just for his transphobic past. Watch <laughs> Little Britain. Um, okay, I like Nardole, it's fine. Don't, don't write in. In fact, do write in, but not about that. Uh, but in spite of my yeah. morning, I did have a good time and would recommend someone go see it if uh, they want to do something related to who for an afternoon. And below is in front of me. Below is in in front. Oh, God, what a bloody check this guy out. <clears throat> what are you on today, babe? I love it. <laughs> and below is a photo of me in front of the original TARDIS console for your viewing pleasure. The listeners will just have to imagine my quite extraordinary face. Joking, lol. Lots of love. Lewis, Lewis, don't joke. It's a very lovely photo. You look very, very happy being in front of the TARDIS console. Good, good face. Good face. Lewis, I love the way you write. I just, I could see everything you were describing. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, um, and I, yeah, I can see you doing I mean, the... Elliot. Yeah, so, so, yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, sorry. No, you go. You finish, please. No, no, please. no. I can, I can just see him doing the, you know, like, oh, the listeners are going to just have to imagine how handsome my face is. Ha, ha, ha. Then kind of realising that maybe that's that's too much and we might think you're egotistical, even though I wouldn't. And then you panicked. But instead of deleting it, you've then said joking, lol. Just even a little bit of, you know, I can I really, yeah. really see the thoughts behind there. Well I done. A plus. A plus plus. I was going to say that we were, well, we were talking about it. We didn't plan it. We were talking about it. When it was in Liverpool worlds of wonder we were thinking oh should we try and see if we can coordinate a day that you're off and i'm off and we can go and get hashtag content and hashtag have fun um quite frankly exactly (laughs) Uh, but also it's just expensive and we both don't have the funds to do that if it's ever in london or goes up to cardiff absolutely we will do it we yeah, will because, absolutely do it but... yeah it's so easy because one of us can you know like stay in the other's house and stuff but like you know exactly. I, I ain't got the time and the money to do a day trip to liverpool or scotland yeah same and it's like it's like 70 quid to get to bloody edinburgh so like come on anyway but no i do want to go even though like, i didn't realize how short it was actually um but i would like to go i purely wanted to go to see zoe wanamaker's cassandra brought back into the canon because uh you know how we felt about cassandra on the pod we love cassandra so and zoe want to make her as well um but yeah love that thank love you that. for sharing the experience thanks lewis and our next email goes as follows hi damn them elliot hi i just want to send you guys a message to say how much i'm enjoying your podcast i'm only a few episodes in i've been praying for a good doctor who rewatch podcast for so long i was very happy when i came across yours I was one of those kids whose parents had, like, Netflix on TV in, like, 2010. Brackets, maybe, hyperbole, but I was very young. I mean, to be fair, I had Netflix when I was a kid, but that's when it was DVDs that used to get posted. Um, oh, my God, yeah. Because I'm old. Uh, who was Blockbuster? <laughs> anyway, so I could absolutely binge it as a kid, but I love rewatching it along with listening to your podcast. All the best! Fliss Riley. What a name. Fliss Riley. Fliss Riley, my God. Is there any Zachary Zachary Cross Flame? Fliss Riley. Yeah. Action duo. I love that. Thanks, Fliss. Thank you. And your name's wonderful. Lovely words. And our final email is from Jack. And this one, damn, I'm not not afraid to say it. It's a bit more geared towards you. No, it's fine. You know, I'm I'm happy to read it to you as some kind of, you know, 
forlorn letter, but you know, just saying you know, in future, you know, there are two of us. Anyway, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, they say, "Hello, you beautiful humans. I hope you're both thriving." Yes, thriving maybe a bit of an overstatement, but I'm I'm doing all right. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just wanted to preface, 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 preface. Preface. Hey. I just wanted to preface before I talk about Doctor Who. I love, damn love that you love Taylor Swift because I'm a massive Swifty, and I know you've had a similar question to this before, but I'm going to ask anyway because I'm intrigued. What Taylor Swift song do you think each new Doctor would say is their favourite? Nothing against classic Doctors, I just haven't seen enough to make a good judgement. Here's my list. Oh shit! John oh. Hurt, The Great War. Yes. Yes. Nine. Call it what you want. Absolutely. Ten. Lover or Midnight yeah. Rain. Fuck. That's good. That's Eleven. Good. Today was a fairy tale. I'm actually gagged. What the fuck? I'm actually gagged. Twelve. Mastermind or Evermore. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 Thirteen. Yeah. Daylight. Yes. <laughs> and Do I... Oh. Uh, he's done the Fugitive Doctor as well. Done the Fugitive Doctor. Joe Martin. Oh, go, 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 go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe Martin. Ready for it, and then brackets, bracket, badass bitchy energy. I don't know if I can improve on that, to be really honest. You, can you improve on perfection? I don't know, because I don't know any of these songs, but can you improve on perfection? So, essentially, I'd say the only one I don't completely agree with is 12. I'd say 12 is probably haunted off of Speak Now. That's just a thought. Let it marinate. But no, everything else, like today was a fairy tale for 11 is perfection daylight for 13 perfection it's all perfect to be really honest um i would argue i would argue the great war could also work for nine but that's debatable midnight rain for 10 is fucking genius you you're a genius yeah i can't improve on that sorry can't can't be done can't be done cannot be done <laughs> Amazing. there is a there is a there's a second question that has nothing to do about taylor swift so at least i can be included there oh, <laughs> sorry Okay, so sorry for the start. That is a tangent. It's fine. Honestly, don't worry about it. Damn, was having fun. Now, yes. on to Doctor Who. That was Doctor Who. What are you talking about? I personally love <laughs> 10 and Rose, but I prefer 9 and Rose. I mean, you say sorry. I don't feel like that's too much of a of a hot take. It's just no. it feels less romantic in Series 1, but honestly, they are still a really good pairing. I know yes. you love 10 and Rose. We do. But I also love 9 yes. and Rose. Anyway, I think one of the biggest shames is that we didn't get another series with Chris and Billy. Yeah, hard agree. Chris should have been around forever. I'm just wondering what you two think series two would have been like if Chris had have stayed on for that series. Um, I think it's angst. Like, yeah, I but I can see the the um, the Torchwood stuff working really well with nine. Oh, just like how there's not right off he'd be. Look, <laughs> we love ten. That's no secret. David is up there for us both. Um. I don't know where Ten sits for you, Ellie. I know, obviously, Ten's my doctor, obviously. Um, but I know Tenant's up there for you. I know that. Um, however, you can't deny that another series of Chris would have been angsty, longing, dark, quite frankly, perfection. Yeah. I also just, just like yeah. to imagine him in scenarios where Ten is having fun and just imagining him being less fun but not in a bad way like like imagine like like not not in a way that you know i mean like i find him less fun but you know like like new earth 
you know, I can't see him banding around a hospital being like, oh, look, there's cats. He's just going to be business straight away. He's going to be really fucking moralistic about what they're doing to the people. It's going to be brutal. It's going to feel good. Do you know what I would have loved is obviously because the girl in the fireplace, our favourite episode, <laughs> not, <laughs> um, you know, Renette kind of flirting with him and him just being like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Clockwork droids? No. <laughs> that being said, I am now imagining Chris having to do the being possessed by Cassandra. <gasps> going to... <laughs> I don't think you could top David, though. David was pretty good with that. Oh, so how bad the situation There's no need to shout. It just doesn't change at all. It just doesn't change. Exactly yeah. No, so <laughs> either way, it would have been good. You know, we love both. We love both. Yeah. We do love, we do love both. And it's weird because obviously, you know, I, I don't know if I could rank any doctors, but of course, 10 is, 10 is Daniel's doctor, but 9 was the first I ever watched. Yes. Whereas I know, of course, you start with series 2. So I have a bit more nostalgia, you know, a lot of series 1 feels like my doctor who personally. Also, just want to add that Peter Capaldi is my favourite Doctor, and I'm excited to hear your thoughts on New Zero when you get to it, as I know you both aren't the fondest, so I'm very intrigued to see if your opinion changes in future. <laughs> His longer hair is iconic, sorry, I just had to add that. Honestly, look, I I, um, I think there's a point in my life where I'd have been like, yeah, no, it's terrible, and I would have been sort of glad that, that Damon agrees. I think we, we actually have very differing opinions now. I still think the quality of the story's not always great, because yeah. Stephen Moffat's a hack. But in terms of actual performance and the way I, I gel with Peter Capaldi's Doctor, I definitely prefer um, to Daniel. So it's actually, I think there's going to be a lot more sparring. Yeah. It's going to be like the inverse, where we're going to argue a lot about Eleven, his characterisation. Yes, yes. And yes, then yes, we're going yes, to yes. get through to 12, and I'm going to be batting more for 12. Uh, especially in Series 8, I like it when he's a bit of a dick. I love Doctors being dicks. So Yeah, so all I'm going to say is this. I'm not even going to expand on that, because you said it perfectly. This is what I'll say. Series eight is going to be fucking interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really all I'm gonna say. Tune in when that happens in like a year or whenever it is, because oh my god, I hate it. <laughs> and to be fair, Jack, we did do when we did the Christmas specials meant that we did a couple of Peter Capaldi episodes, and our top ranking one was the Peter Capaldi Christmas special. Yeah, Husbands of River Song. I, I, the thing is, okay, look, I'll say one last thing actually before we go into the episode because it's long enough yeah i, I mean, don't yeah, hate... i do have to finish next email you do yes <laughs> but yes this is true um but also i was i don't hate 12 i've never hated 12 i don't like him in a specific series eight um but everything else i actually find him quite pleasant it's just for that one series that i won't mention eight where i find him absolutely just i can't get on board it's weird. We don't hate any doctors. No, we don't. Anyway, Jack signs off by saying, love to you both so much. I always feel like I'm having a conversation with two friends, even though I've never met you both. Aww. I feel very com- comforted and accepted within your podcast. And thank you for that. It brings you so much joy. Would love to hear you discuss this email on the pod. Well, Jack, you son of a gun. We've just done it. Bloody jeez. Catch up. Get with the program. <laughs> love from Jack. Two kisses. Two kisses right back at you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That's really lovely to hear. Thank you. Yeah. Now, uh, wow. I mean, Elliot. Jesus. It's 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 bloody warm in here. Can you? Can someone crack open a window? Hilarious. <laughs> I tried. Oh fuck it. Go to the episode. Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs>
So, as you may have guessed from the right comedy stylings of my co-host up top, we are talking about episode 7 of series 3 of Doctor Who. Love you. It was broadcast <laughs> on the 19th of May 2007. It was directed by Graham Harper. It was, <laughs> it was written by Chris Chibnall. And it is called 42. <laughs> this is going to be so fun because we have a lot to talk about. It's, it's going to be... It's going to be at least one episode of the Come Along Pod podcast. Um, <laughs> that I can guarantee you. Before you hear that, though, mm. Damler. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, I, I watched this episode last night, and you know what I was doing? I sat there, I was going, God, I was going, you know what? I, I, I think I, I kind of know what this episode's about. I wonder what Google thinks it's about. And then I found that out. I thought, I wonder what IMDb <laughs> thinks it's about. I found that out. But I want to know now the burning question. <laughs> right now, the burning question is, what do you think it's about? Oh, have I ever mentioned I love you so much? Have I ever mentioned that? <laughs> um, I already told you up top, but okay, love you too. Much love. Uh, this episode is about one thing, one thing only. Humans are trash. <laughs> are you just... choking? Are you Loki choking? I, I thought you were just going to end it with humans. I was like, what the fuck? Uh, this episode is about humans that are trash. Yeah, 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 that's true. Trash. <laughs> Sorry. I'm <laughs> off <laughs> in my little world. <laughs> But you know, humans are trash. We will mine anything for fuel because we don't care about things. Um, the climate crisis is real. But you know what? Let's not get too depressing. Elliot, darling, what is the episode about in your humble opinion? In my humble opinion, this is a big warning about how if you're out in the sun all day, if you're in the little hot inside, at least maybe try and have like a Solero or something. Put <laughs> yeah. yourself down. They don't even try it here. They just you know, they just go straight. Oh god, he's gonna die. Give him a give him a Calippo. Yeah. Pull him down. Stay hydrated. It's fine. Stay hydrated. Have a Solero. Read a book. And because you're all gay, obviously you all like oat milk. Mm. So go and have a fucking oat latte and an iced oat latte yeah. for God's sake. An iced oat latte. Yeah. Read a book. Have a. a... <laughs> Uh, 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 knobbly bobbly. Oh. Calm down. Yeah. But uh, 99 really with a flake sh- in it. Calm down. Why are you shouting? Why are you shouting at us? Oh my God. Ah, yeah. Ah. yeah. Especially 10 later on. It's going, ah, God, all the time. Eat a screwball. Shut up. <laughs> anyway. <Ugh>. Christ. <laughs> so, 42. Um, 42. 42. Do you call this 42 or 42? Because I call it 42 weirdly. And I call it 42 because it's meant to be like 42 minutes, right? Like... No. Well, he, ha, ha. well interestingly enough... But it's enough, 47 minutes, isn't it? Or whatever it is. It's actually 43 minutes on BBC iPlayer and 47 minutes <laughs> or elsewhere. You know what? They yeah. fucked up. It's fine. It's fine. They tried to be cute yeah, and quirky. I was going to say, mine was 47 minutes. That yeah, was mine, was 43. mine was 43. Mine was 43 because it was on iPlayer. Um, oh, does, that mean I, does that mean that for some ungodly reason, because I... To buy the Blu-ray, I had to watch five more minutes of this. Um, I don't know. I think it's to do with the credits and to do with. Oh, thank God. Bits. Look, <laughs> look. <laughs> Listen. Yes. We all know that 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 you're not a fan of this episode. Let's just get it out of the way. Yeah, I mean, like, I I never <laughs> yeah. liked it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, like, I never, I never enjoyed it anyway. Before I was aware of um, uh, my my issues with Christopher Chibnall. Um, and his writing style. Now coming back to it for the first time since I've done a proper 
watching of 13-0 and sort of being able to go, well, this is what I like, and this is what I don't like, and this is what about Chris Chibnall really works, and this is about what doesn't. I watch this, and it's just a perfect distillation of all the fuck-ups he makes, and it really, really annoyed me. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Like, even more so than I think it otherwise would. Like, I've gone from being a bit like, oh, this is kind of boring to me kind of actively being like, my God, what are they, what are they, what are you doing, Chris? What are you doing, Chris um, Chib? What are you doing, Chibbers? Yeah. Um, I think I think it helped me do one thing, and I'm bringing this up now as a weird, actually, kind of, um, I guess, uh, uh, um, um, uh, yeah, um, thing. Oh God, um, <laughs> uh, uh, passive aggressive. That's it. Passive aggressiveness. Anyway, because last night I think I solved the big thing about what I think about Chris Jibnall's writing, and I sent that to you as a message, then you never replied to me. So Sorry. I'm going to tell you about it here in a public forum mm-hmm. um, now, and then we can move on, I promise. I won't be on my soapbox for too long, but it's so okay. high, look at it. Anyway. <laughs> Elliot, can you hear I... me from up there? Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, such raw talent, how I could throw my voice like that. Um... I think my 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 Christianal issue um, is, and by the way, this is only I have an issue with his writing when it's like sandwiched in a good era, right? When we sort of get to like thirteen, he's writing all the time. You kind of fall into the groove a bit more. None of it becomes more egregious. I can kind of enjoy them for what they are, but like when it's standing out amongst like good quality content, it can be a bit more egregious. So I'm not, you know, I don't want people to think, oh god, this means that I'm going to get to like series eleven, twelve, thirteen, and be like, yo. Oh, bloody women and Chris Chibnall. I, you know, I, I want to make it abundantly clear that's yeah, not yeah. what we think. Yeah, yeah. But I think Chris Chibnall really likes plot. Yeah. I think he likes story. He likes to sort of see where a story begins, where it ends up. I think he gets great joy out of doing that. I think he's genuinely irritated and perturbed by dialogue and having to work out how to get there. Because lots of times in this episode, characters bring things up that are interesting in theory, things that could add to character depth and character ideas, but they never get explored. And I think it's literally just him having to fill word counts on pages to get characters to say dialogue, because that's what they do, so they can get to the next plot beat that he's figured out. And I think that's how he writes. Genuinely, I think that's how he writes. I'd say, look... (laughs) I'm right. (laughs) <laughs> for me for me for you yeah <laughs> for you <laughs> um, I, was, I was readjusting myself in my seat for you for me look i'm one of those fans that i, I don't hate chris chibnall i mean i'm not saying you hate chris chibnall but like i i honestly I don't don't it mind. seems like a genuinely lovely man i just think he's supremely untalented but also i think <laughs> Stephen moffat's supremely untalented it's fine we'll have I, our opinions i i really do I don't mind Chris Chibnall's writing, except, except, now you're listening, the exposition. Lord! I hate, I hate except it. For, except for the exposition and the Blossy Miss Blossom. Um. Yeah, don't. But um, <laughs> I don't like exposition at the best of times. I don't mind it sometimes when it's necessary, but like, Chris Chibnall uses a disgusting amount of it. Yeah, like, even even in this episode, the Doctor doesn't actually do anything. He just stands around and talks about how he's going to be doing things. And then, like, people bring up their past lives that no one asked or cared about because I don't care. Yeah. Um, but you see, that's what I mean, though. It's like all these things that should be rich for, like, character depth and exploration. They're not brought up in natural ways. He's just going, oh, man, to get from this scene to this scene, some characters are going to have to say some things now. 
Okay, right, that's fine. I'll just write this down. It's kind of what it feels yeah. like. Also, as well, I am not saying I am anyway in the same league because I'm not, because he's big and works in telly. But, you know, I have a lot of hobbied passion for writing. Yeah. So that's kind of where my skewering critiques yeah. come in. Yeah. Again, I'm not even comparing myself to Christian Moore. I wish I could do half of what Christian Moore does. But I'm just saying. Yeah. That's why I have a lot more opinions about the writing style, yeah. because I, I come from that world. I, I'm i going to say something that will probably shock you. Um, <laughs> this is probably one of my favourite Chris Chibnall episodes that he's written. I have a lot of fun with this episode. I actually do. And you know what? That's my truth. And you know what? You're just going to have to fucking sleep at night thinking about it, Elliot. I'm sorry. See, that's the thing. I just don't even think it's a particularly good Chris Chibnall episode. There are other episodes that he's written that I prefer massively. Yeah, I, I th- there's a lot of episodes of his that I like, but this is one of my favourites. Like, I actually wrote a stupid amount of notes for this. Like, I just, every five seconds, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I wrote a lot of notes, but, you know, they're, they're, they're something. So this is going to be, this is going to be fun. So, first thing I have to say, the Beatles screaming, crying. <laughs> if you don't know, Elliot and I are big Beatles fans, and yeah, I'm a fan of Paul McCartney. If anyone was wondering, big fan, big big fan of Paul McCartney. Um, Love me some Paul McCartney. We 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 talk about we talk about the Beatles a lot. Apart from Doctor Who, what? <gasps> what we have other interests. Um, so hearing it's, the it's, it's yeah, it's it's the the the, t- the TikTok DMs are things relating to Doctor Who or Paul McCartney fan cams. Literally, Paul McCartney fan cams all day long. We love the man. Uh, the Beatles just it sent me though because. The Beatles. I should try and do the rest of this in my old man Paul McCartney voice, but I've lost it now. No, no, do please don't. <laughs> there was, there um, was a two-month period where it was really good, and then I've lost it. What I find really interesting about this episode, though, is that it has very, very similar vibes to The Satan Pit. Not that I'm saying it's any, any way comparable, because The Satan Pit is perfection. Perfection. Like, truly perfect. But it's like, they're, they're trapped on a base. They can't access the TARDIS because it's, you know in that room and it's hot whatever um uh and there's all there's also i don't know if you noticed so when corwin is put into the oh what's it called that bed with the dome where you freeze Mm. what's it called yeah almost like sort of like i don't know what it's called because it seems to be some kind of futuristic freezy machine but it's like an mri scanner isn't it yeah they they actually have a name for it hold on let me look i think i think you'll find i think you will find it is called futuristic freezy machine (laughs) Um, hold on. Stasis chamber. It's called the stasis chamber, guys. Just found it. It's called the stasis chamber. So Corwin is in the stasis chamber and he's about to wake up. Well, he's waking up. And there's that kind of... I'm not doing a good job of it. But it's like a sting that's very similar to when Toby would get possessed. Do you know what I'm talking about? The whole the whole episode has the audacity to use ha. the sting from the start of the Vossal Planet uh, suite by Murray Gold. Um... I, I would say, yeah, un, undeservedly uses that thing, in my humble opinion. It's just They're random. definitely trying to draw parallels. Yeah, it's just not... I don't know. And then you've got the team as well on the ship that are trying, because, you know, they're... Yeah. They're, in Satan Pit, Impossible Planet, they're uh, stopping themselves from trying to fly into a black hole. Well, they look, they're near the black hole, and then later on they're trying to not fly into it. And then this episode, they're not trying to... Fl- they're trying not to stop flying into the sun. Um, I mean, as yeah. a concept, a oh. ship, 
flying towards the sun is pretty fucking cool. I I have, and I'm going to jump now. Uh-huh. Huh. <laughs> towards the end of my notes. <laughs> I just imagine like a um, boing. <laughs> yes, like I got a Super Mario. Wahoo! Kind of, yeah, yeah, literally. Um, literally. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a note I made at the end, but it is, I guess, relevant to that. It's just like the idea of them kind of, you know, hurtling towards a, a sun, or sort of not even necessarily hurtling towards it, but being in orbit around it, and this being a kind of eldritch horror kind of thing, where, like, the sun is this kind of a live beast that drives people insane by staring into it, mm-hmm. and then they go on the attack, is 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 really interesting. Yeah. I think it's also, I think it is interesting what it actually kind of ends up being, but I think it's not as interesting as it as it could be because yes. it's kind of a bit underbaked. Um, Agreed that's with that. That's another heat pun. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I would like to have seen it be yeah maybe more of a, a sort of yes kind of Eldritch kind of Cthulhu esque sort of you know if you look at the sun for more than ten seconds you kind of go mad, but also it entices you in with voices and shit. I think that would have been really cool as well, but um. Let me ask you something. So, we, well, I, I've mentioned before on mm-hmm. this very podcast that I love when the Doctor and a yes. companion are separated. I think it's really fun. Um, mm. The only thing with this episode is it's like, if you were about to crash into the literal sun, like the actual sun, would you not stick together instead of, you know? Yeah. Because you, you know that I, I have mixed feelings about when companions and doctors separate, because sometimes yes. they separate and they don't give anything for the companion to do. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, actually, they kind of don't give anything for the doctor to do, so at least I guess there's a bit of a spin on it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I do kind of feel like that's it doesn't appropriately set the stakes of the episode up. It's just kind of, if we get here and people stand around telling us their stakes and there's a big clock on the wall, we're going to feel the tension. But it's immediately broken, like you say, by characters doing things that are very out of character. Like the Doctor's being like, oh yeah, go on, you need to go. Yeah, it doesn't It doesn't feel like he's desperately having to be like, oh, we don't have any other option. The crew's a little bit moth, you've got to go to the front of the ship. He's just kind of a bit like, oh yeah, go on if you want, I'll just stay here and work on something. Yeah, it just doesn't feel, there's no desperation. The characters don't seem desperate. Yeah. They seem plodding. I will say though, I do feel like Martha is given so much to do and she's fucking killing, like, Freema kills it in this episode. Yeah, like, um, yeah Freema is always delivering the goods, and oh, it's yeah. nice for there to be a bit more of a spotlight on her. I just feel like her and the Doctor are such a team in this episode. Like, I really feel them working together and actually being actively supporting each other. You know, like yeah, I'll get to a specific scene later on, but I don't know. They just feel like a team, and Freema and David are just you know, playing off each other and it's so fun and like I would have preferred to have them together a bit more in the episode. But at the same time I like when they're separated. It's very I'm I'm conflicted is what I am. Um but you know then you get that lovely scene at the start as well with the phone, the universal phone is back. It it would be sorry, just I can't let it die now because it's just bending around in my head uh, and then I'll I'll move on. But I, I think it would be interesting to have the Doctor and Martha have to go opening the doors. Mm-hmm. And if you did kind of like a, you know, in, in Satan Pit where the they go through the vents, they have to cut one off. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. Each time they open a door, the previous one has to shut so no one else can join them. <gasps> and as they're Ooh. going through, Martha's doing like the pub quiz 
stuff. Um, because, you know, she's high intelligence, she can do the pop quiz questions, and then the Doctor's trying to help, but he's kind of a useless bank of knowledge because he's trying to he's trying to command the crew down the radio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of how to set up the whatever MacGuffin device that <laughs> fixes the plot at the end. I don't remember what it is. But, like, if he's going, this is how you do this, and you need to do this, and you're going to need to do this, and then she's like, you know, Doctor Edmore, number one, Elvis, or whatever, and he's like, I genuinely can't concentrate, but, like, having them together, I don't know, it might just add a bit more tension. What do I know? People stand around and say, hey, there's stakes, so there's stakes, I guess, whatever. But I do like the opening, you're right, it's nice. Martha's here, full-time, on board. Got a phone. The phone... But, the, but what I like about it is that this phone, her phone, is continued later on, obviously, in series four. Like, she keeps it at the end, and then, yeah, you know, you know that. Yeah. It's fun. I like it. It is fun. It, yeah. The, uh, something, something I, I guess I should have mentioned as we were talking about the doors, them going through the doors, uh, of course, not the uh, band led by Jim Morrison, who died sadly when he's 28, but the doors, as in the actual objects. Um,. <laughs> This is this is a specific reference for everybody who's seen the show, and I know that you haven't, or at least if you have, I don't remember you having seen it anyway. A specific reference to some of my favourite people who I know have watched the show uh, is the way that um, Martha, and as I've deemed to call him, because I don't want to learn anybody's name, uh, Captain Twink, have to open the doors. Genuinely, honest to God, hand on heart, feels like a fucking plot from a Red Dwarf episode without any of the comedy. His, his name's Riley, by the way. If you know... Yeah. You know, okay. Captain Twinks. Fine. Riley. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I just. I genuinely couldn't remember anybody's name. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, for those of you who know, you know it does. I mean, I'm pretty sure Red Dwarf has done it before. Of course, they don't use a mechanoid to break down a door with its head in this one. But you know, it feels exactly like a Red Dwarf plot. Write in. Let us on a postcard. Let me know. Red Dwarf. Yay or nay? Does it feel like a Red Dwarf plot? Let I don't us know. know. Download. Take the microphone away from me. <laughs> no, but do let us know because I've not seen it either. But um. I think you would maybe enjoy it. I probably would. It's camp kind of sci-fi, very almost in a vein of kind of classic Doctor Who sometimes, but with like very very good only fools and horses esque kind of wry I, bits of comedy. I love a bit of sci-fi television. Shockingly, who would have thought? Um, there's another actually. Do you know what? I've been meaning to bring this up on the podcast for so long. But if you love Doctor Who and you want a a fun, it's not supposed to be a limited series, but they didn't. They cancelled it. They didn't make a series too. But there's a show called Intergalactic, which came out on Sky, and uh, it's fucking good. So check that out if you like Doctor Who, especially New Who. It's very New Who vibe, and a lot of people from Doctor Who worked on it. But that's beside the point. Don't know why that came into my head. But this it's episode there. is sponsored by Intergalactic. Yeah, this streaming now on Sky. This episode is sponsored by Sky. Um, no, 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 we joke. Which help we stay lathered up. Call back everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I want to talk about. The concept of the sun possessing people. It's cool. I like it. I think it's really unique. Um, unique. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what <laughs> bothers me, though. Mm. Like, the big problem I have with this episode. Because I actually like this episode. But I had a big problem with it. The problem is this. I can't tell the difference between Corwin, Corwin and Ashton. Because they, they're dressed the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they are like, dressed exactly exactly the same. Exactly the same outfit. Yeah. There's a scene later on where one of them gets punched. I'm like, oh, is that the old one? I don't know. If it is, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Also, Corwin's kind of hot. Sorry, side note, but he's kind of hot. 
Literally. Literally. Oh, oh. Comedy. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it's very strange that they want to have a kind of... I mean, I, I know why, right? They can save all money, but like, it's very weird that they want to have a... It, yeah, that's the thing. It feels kind of cynical to me, you know? They're trying to have an iconic monster. They're like, you know, look, this guy with the, the welding mask and the, the gloves, and there's two of them now. Don't they all look creepy? It's like, oh, not really. Yeah, because you uh, can't tell the difference but... between the two of them. But, like, I get, like, you want it to kind of be something that can spread. But you either do it where someone also has to go... So, for example, one of them has to do some work outside while they're trying to stop the ship. You know how the Doctor was... Not that the Doctor was doing work, he was trying to get Martha back. But, you know, that kind of thing. Um, And then they get possessed that way. Cool. Or you just don't have them it, it jumping from people to people. You just have it as one because it gets confusing. But also make them dress differently. Just have a different coloured shirt. One of them in a t-shirt. Yeah. One of them in a jacket, you know? Well, don't make them plot relative, right? Make them like two guys right at the start who, you know, they're total like red shirts who are just there to get biffed off and they're dressed the same and they do get biffed off and then, you know, you've just yeah. got two kind of thuggish looking guys, kind of like the motorcyclists from Smith yeah, & Jones, yeah. you know? Like, just kind of nameless sort of, like, running around slab. Um, yeah. So, or, of course, you make them really personable. Don't cover them in things. Make it a bit like the waters of Mars. Yeah, and also, you say that as well. The helmet, the helmets were very convenient. That's very convenient. Yeah, it's very, very um, uh, X-Men with old uh, Scott yeah. Summers, you know, just, like, having, like, a visor that you can close to contain his big red eyes. But, um... Tell me if I'm wrong. Please do tell me if I'm wrong. But if... Frequently, I do. I am. But in this occasion, I don't know if I actually am or not. But... Okay. Did they use the helmets in a different context in the episode? Because I just remember them using it when they're possessed. So I don't remember seeing them use it beforehand. I just always kind of assumed that they're like welding masks or something. I just find it a bit convenient, personally. And it's annoying. I don't... Oh, yeah. Massively. Like, yeah. like I don't, I don't think it. you do see them use them beforehand, and then they like pick them up and they're like, "Oh, use this." I think you just kind of they just have them on. But I, I would, I would assume they're like welding masks, but I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. But um, yeah, I just think the idea, like I said, of the sun possessing people is very unique, and I like it. It's just it was the way it was kind of it. It was it was built up great. It's- How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Executed not so great because who's who? Who who are you? Who are you? You Corwin or you Ashton? I can't tell. The only way I could tell is when they turn their head and one of them's bald and the other one's got hair. You know, confusion, confusion central. Um, we'll say though, going back to Captain Twink, aka Riley. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love how Francine was brought into this episode. I thought that was so clever, so clever. Um, and I love the interaction at first because it's literally me and my mom. Like my mom, I've said this before. I love that woman to death. But my God, she gets on my nerves. And it's like, when it's like, look, can you just, like, can you just help me with this thing? Yeah, but like, let's talk about this. It's like, no, mom, I'm actually really busy. I just need to, I'm just asking you for some advice on something. And it's like, okay, cool. And she's not getting there fast enough. And when she was, when she was like, I haven't plugged in the mouse yet, it sent me. It actually sent me. I was like, what the hell? See, I like the idea of, I actually, it feels really oddly kind of out of character for both characters not so much for francine but it feels like it's there just to kind of have a, a cheap gag just to kind of make them both seem really unlikable i don't know like i know martha getting frustrated i understand but there is a level of like the way that she's just immediately like oh my god mom i hate you that i'm just like just so she can do the turnaround kind of mugging to captain twink that i was just like what are we what are we doing here like you know this is i don't know like i don't i know that she has her family issues but i don't know it just didn't feel right something about that scene felt just ever so slightly off and especially because as well maybe it's because what i've done is i've managed to empathize with francine and god you know well to be fair yeah like last time she saw martha she was gonna die at the hands of a big scorpion now she's not spoken to her for like six months or whatever you know she has a, a right to be like what are you what are you doing what are you doing what are yeah, you doing martha yeah, yeah. um but yeah i don't know i feel like the 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 dial just goes too quickly from like I need your help to like oh my god mum back to like you know tepidness with it I don't know it just makes Martha kind of feel like a bit of a weirdly like spoiled teenager rather than a very well adjusted woman in her early twenties I don't know I think I get you but personally for me I liked it because it was really reminiscent of my uh, a lot of like maybe it's a like a female and you know a daughter and mother relationship thing yeah i'm not i'm not saying it's unrealistic i just think it's maybe just a bit too quickly out of character for martha just to have a joke that's not actually very funny well then let me pose this question to you do you think it would have been better to have martha just call francine when she thought she was about to die so you know just you know she calls her and goes hi mum, how are you and then as the conversation turns you see the 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 blonde lady in the background which i love by the Mm. way very eerie, very oh, yeah, cool. That is good stuff. Should it, she have just been brought in at that moment, do you think, instead? I, I think it probably would have been slightly more impactful. I also don't hate that moment, but something I do dislike about that moment is that there's no kind of... There's no acknowledgement, really, of the argument before. Martha's kind of goes, oh, I'm sorry, like that. You know, whereas I feel like if you're dying, you want to be like, oh, well, you know, the last time we spoke, like, ten minutes ago, I was like, mm. I, I shouted at you, I'm so sorry, you know, I love you, whatever. Um, and I also don't like yeah. she's not given agency in that scene to do that either. It's Captain Twink who's like, call her. Give, Give her, her a, a ring. 
Waterloo yeah, Road guy, fun. you mean? He was on Waterloo Road as well, if you ever watched that. Was he? Yes. Yeah. What did he play? He was... Yeah, he was on Waterloo Road. He played Mr. Mead, Christopher Mead on Waterloo Road. I remember that, man. Christopher Mead. No, I don't like him. I like... No, I used to love that show. Oh, my God. Me too. Um, I watched it at a really, probably inappropriately young age. Same, 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 same. Um... But you know, he Riley was an interesting character because I liked him, but at the same time, I hated the dynamic that him and Martha had because I no, actually, hold up. I liked the dynamic they had until the very last scene. And I know I'm jumping to forward. Oh yeah. To the to no, the no, end. I I I almost I forgot that happened. I almost punched my TV screen. Because here's the thing. Up until that point, they were acting like just really like they get along. They're really good friends. And then at the end, when he she was like, "You're gonna find someone to believe in," he was like, "I think I already have." Imagine them having a lovely hug, just being like, "Take care of yeah. yourself." Oh, stunning! No, instead, Martha snogs his face off, which felt weirdly like trying to make the doctor jealous, but also he's kind of hot, so why not? It felt, and you know, yeah. you know what, girlie, fair play, because you know what, he's cute. That's fair enough. But I just, I felt like them being friends was just way more of the vibe. I didn't get the romance vibe. I thought it was just like shoehorned in, you know? And you know, you make, you make Riley and Martha kiss, but not 13 and Yaz. Save it. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, the, the doctor and Shakespeare. I mean, he didn't write that one, but come on. Come on. What um, are you doing? Series three. What are you doing? Um, but, yeah, but yeah, that's very. It odd. was annoying. It was very annoying. So yeah, that's just that it, on that. I but, did not like it. Again, took her agency away from her by going, go on, give your mom a call. Give go her on. a call. And then at the end, got a kiss off her. Weird. Just weird. weird. I just didn't get the romance at all. But um, nah. can we talk about Kath for a second? Kath? Sure. Which one's she? Uh, the captain. <laughs> yes. Captain Kath. Captain Kath. CC. Yes. So I find her very interesting, and I'll tell you why. She's very unlikable, and I think that's interesting. And I like that. I like that she's not likable. Do you get what I mean? Like, I think all too often you do get captain, like captains of ships and like characters on sci-fi shows. However they identify on the gender spectrum, whoever they are, they they feel like they always have to be really perfect. Like they have to be, I'm strong. I can take charge. I know what I'm doing at all times. I like the fact that we've got a captain who actually is so fucking not good at her job. Like, yeah. And I like it. It's interesting. Um, she's very interesting and she's very flawed, but it makes her very... It's just very conflicting because you want you feel bad for her in one way, but on the other way, you're like, girl, wake up. Like, when Corwin was like trying to kill her, the doctor's literally just said, she's like, be honest with me, doctor. Is my husband okay? And he's like, no, he's he's dead. I'm sorry, your husband's gone. And then Corwin is like, or coin or whatever you want to call it, sun possessed person, um, is like coming after you and you're like, Corwin, it's me, you recognise me, don't you? Da, 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 da. And it's like, I get it because that's her husband and she has a connection, but also, girl, he's trying to kill you and we you're about to go into the sun. Come on. Come on. Get on with it. I've had enough. I've there's, had enough. There's also no like sufficient kind of build up for her to you know, like we know, it, it, again, it's just the problem of expecting that if they say, this is my husband, that we go, oh, okay, right. But you need to see characters have a kind of relationship, a kind of chemistry to understand why she would 
still abandon any kind of logic to try and reconnect exactly. with him. Exactly. Like, like again, I don't want to bring it back to this all the time, but you know, like the Impossible Planet, right? You know, all the crew get on, and obviously you get the sense that Toby's maybe a bit the butt of the joke, but everybody likes each other. So when Scooty sees him setting outside. Not only is she surprised to see anybody standing out there as well, it's Toby, it's Paul Little Innocent Toby. Why is he standing on the surface of the fucking asteroid? And it's that that kind of draws her in. Then, of course, it's the devil eyes and stuff like that. But, you know, it, it gives you a reason because you've seen them interact for sort of 10, 15 minutes or so. You get an understanding of the crew, it's dynamic, you know how everybody feels about each other. Here, wet bags of cement. You put it perfectly. I think that's exactly what it is. Like, you, we don't even. It, it couldn't have been Ashton who was, like, possessed, right? It could have been. Ashton at the start and then Corwin later on. So you see their dynamic a little bit and then he gets possessed by Ashton. And then you're like, oh no, her husband, what? Like just that little switch would have even made a slight bit of difference. Um, but yeah, I don't think she's, she's not my favorite character and she's kind of annoying, but I think that's in a way it's a good thing because again, it's different. Yeah, it's and I like, nice. We'll say though, something I want to bring before I completely forget. You can literally sense in this episode how hot it is and i think the art direction team makeup everyone who's in charge of making that ship look warm did a good job because i was sweating looking at it like the sweat on the upper lip the dirt you could smell the bo from the out of the screen yeah do you know what i mean yeah it has that like amazing sense of you know when you're like really hot and you've got like hair in front of your face yeah and like even though it's not going to help you're just kind of like blowing yeah go yeah, that. You that, know it's not going to help, that. but I just get that all the time. Yeah, it does look sufficiently warm. I do think fair. 10 should have been in a t-shirt at one point, just right, to show how hot it was. <laughs> mm. not, 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 not even, I'm trying to be funny, like genuinely. Like... Yeah, 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 because he's got, his, he's got his horrible shirt open with an undershirt visible look in this episode. Yeah. So, yeah, he should have, should have been utilised. Exactly. Um... um but yeah, I just think, I think it looks really warm. But yeah, yeah, there you go. So I, but yeah, no, I agree. But I agree with your original point as well. I think like it's kind of nice to have like a captain who's not doing the, the, salty sea dog who goes down with her ship kind of thing. You know, she's just like a bit of a pirate, a bit of a dick. Um, for for me, for you, for me, um, I think the thing that always kind of catches me off in this episode, just because it really makes me laugh and is really stupid, uh, is that they really. Like they really thought they did something with "Burn with Me." Like they really thought they thought they had the next slogan on a T-shirt. Yeah, know? kids were going to be going walking around the playground going "Burn with Me." Ain't no one fucking saying that. No shit. one said it. It's, it. it's so stupid. We're still saying exterminate. <laughs> all right, no one's ever going to beat that. That's the thing. They keep trying to have a new version of exterminate. You can't. It's, it's it, yeah. It's good. You know, even the Cybermen saying "delete" is like a bit cringe. You know, yeah. Like. Not everything has to have a catchphrase. I, I agree with you. I think the burn with me was a bit cringe and a bit of an ick. I was like, oh, what? An ick. Sorry. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um... This thing, I don't, I don't get the motivation from the villain. I, don't, I know it's because they want to, at the end, go, it's the sun. The sun's alive. The sun is taking revenge because you're scooping out the sun. I understand that. But I don't get this kind of hulking mass of revenge that wants to kill people. It's like, burn with me kind of, I don't know, just makes it sound like more kind of, because the sun wouldn't be mad that it's burning. If it was something that's not meant to be burning, then they burnt it, then it was saying burn with me, that makes yeah. sense, but it wouldn't be angry at burning, because it's the sun and that's what it does. That's like me stabbing someone in the face and going, flesh with me, makes no sense. Um, I agree with you. But, oh my god, yeah. yeah. 
but yeah, sorry, uh, that completely got away from me there. Um, much like my kids in the divorce. But um, ultimately, my point is that the villain is not well established enough to kind of keep an air of mystery around it. That it means I don't actually really care. It means I don't actually really care why the villain's there. I didn't even see it like that, and now you said it, I'm like, wow, that's dumb. Yeah, that's dumb. I had a lot of time when people were stad- stood there talking about nothing to go, go, why is this really fucking me off? Yeah. Um, <laughs> By the way, just to clarify, Elliot doesn't have kids. Just to clarify, if anyone didn't know that, Elliot, you don't have children. <laughs> Shit, new law just dropped for a couple of podcasts. Elliot's divorced with two kids. Um <laughs> <laughs> you don't have kids. They don't no, have but kids. The idea that someone's going to take that seriously is very funny. No, that, I just thought that because some people will actually take that as like you have kids, and you don't. If you're all my children, it's fine. You're all our children, and we love you very much. Um, if any, anybody wants to have some kids with me, it's fine. Send me a DM. <laughs> <laughs> um. But no, I think something. I'm not that... even, you're not even find this as funny as I am. I'm having a great time. I, just, I don't know what it is. <laughs> At the start, you're like, you're like, what are you on? It's fucking what are you on, babe? It's making me laugh. It's, just, it's the it's sun. Me... It's the sun coming through. Um, I do find, so I do find, the underdeveloped <laughs> story. <laughs> you need to sorry. chill the fuck out. <laughs> you need so to chill, sorry. bro. Oh, I'm so it. sorry. Just please keep going. I'm just gonna sit here. For I minute. can't when you're laughing. It makes me giggle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think I think because my my job's relatively serious, and I can have a bit of a laugh with people, but I do have to kind of keep a bit of myself in check. I think this is just this is me carrying about three days of comedy baggage with me. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um. I do find the underdeveloped storyline of the sun being alive. It's just like the doctor mentions it like the sun's alive and you're mining it for fuel. And it's like, okay, but Oh God. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Esta- like... Establish that. Set it up. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you know, exposition. Be, be, mis- be mysterious. Be like, Oh, we've, we've got readings of life signs. Is it yeah. because there's parasites out there? Is it because there's weird alien things trying to board the ship? Ooh, no, it's because the sun's alive. Yeah. Like make it make sense. But yeah, the burn with me. Yeah. Yeah. It's all a bit silly. It's all a bit silly. However, however, I want to talk about something that I really like, which will feed in to the larger discussion that's going to take place. I think I love the scene where Martha gets is, is in the pod with Riley and it, you know, it disengages. I think it's so emotional and you can feel how terrified Martha is. Like you can literally feel how absolutely terrified she is. And I just love the sound design of that scene. Like it just goes dead silent and you just hear Martha patting on the glass and you're like, Oh my God, what's going on? And then, Doctor going, I'll save you, I'll save you. And then like panning to the shot of him just saying it and it's dead silent because she can't hear him. It's so good. I think, uh, yeah, no, I, I do I do like that moment, especially because it's just, say what I will about the story structure of the episode, but, you know, like Graham Harper is a good director. Oh, for sure. He does bring his, his game to that scene. It does feel really well put together, well well acted by Freeman and by David. Um, and it is a very clever bit of sound design as well, I must say. It's so good. And 
What I love, and I just want more of this from Ten. This is why I get annoyed with him in this series. But in this episode, I really like how he is with Martha in certain ele- like certain scenes. Um, he's like, this, this ship is about to crash into the sun, but I'm going to save her. I'm not leaving her behind. I'm not doing that. Because he's already done that. And he's not doing it again, you know. He gets into the spacesuit. The spacesuit's back, baby. And it's great. I like this variant. It's a bit more red. It's cool. I like it. Um, and a really epic version of all the strange, strange creatures plays while he's like trying to bring the pod back to the ship. And it's so cool. And it's really cool. And I really like it. And Dave is just like struggling. He's like, I can't do it. Ah. And then he presses the button. He does it. And then you get this wonderful like shot that just kind of zooms in onto David's eyes with the sun kind of coming into his helmet. And you're like, oh, that's cool, man. I don't know. I, I liked it. I like it. It does feel a little, you know, we got to have something happen, something for stakes. You know, like I don't, I don't love it, but for what it is and the way it's presented, it is supremely well put together. I just, I just think if what, that makes sense. Yeah, I just love. I like grand gestures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in general, in life, uh, I love a grand gesture. Um, if anyone's listening who knows me, my birthday's in August, so plan your grand gestures now. Um, I love it. Yeah, I do. I really like it. So I think that's why I love that. But then you get the doctor being possessed by the sun. Which I think is a really fun twist. I don't care. I like it. I'm like, yes. Yes. Yeah. Again, if interestingly explored or used in any meaningful way. But it's just kinda it kinda happens, I guess. I don't know, but I, I like it, man. I like it because obviously you know the doctor is an alien and the sun can't take over straight away, so it gives us time to kind of again, even though it's like not explored in a good way, you know, he's letting you know what the situation is. You you know that Kath illegally is mining the sun for fuel. Not right. It's not okay. And she, they didn't do life, you know, life sign checks because she said it was too expensive or it wasn't quick enough. They had to get this mission done. And then, yeah. And then you get like, you know, 10 going into the stasis chamber and him just needing Martha in that moment. I don't know why it really touched me. He was just like, Martha, Martha. And she's like, I'm here, I'm here. And he's like, I'm scared. I'm so scared. Like, you know, and it's like, oh, oh my God, they're besties. Stop. I love them. I love them so much. <laughs> I think I like the, I like the, I like the framing of it, especially that scene with Martha. I think the, the only way it would work better for me is if, is if she was one who had, to, if it was something a bit more rudimentary, and he still needed her because he was incapacitated, and then she had to use her doctory know-how. Because, of course, that's kind of what they're going for, right? It's her kind of bedside manner, like, he's a patient on a table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He needs her, she's kind of doing... But, like, he's still just telling her what to do. So it's, like, yeah. almost quite, almost giving her that moment, but not quite. And I don't dislike it, because I still, like, I think, still think it's quite nice, that the, the rapport, the relationship at that moment. But I think just going that one step further and having... Uh, have to solve that or just little cherry that is fair i will say though when she's you know freezing the doctor in the stasis chamber um is it stasis chamber or stasis pod what did i say i don't remember anymore i told you future time freezing machine that 
um, when she's freezing him, Freema's face is, I don't know, that little bit of acting there is so perfect. Like, she's like smiling, but it's like, because she has to just get through it because this is really hurting her and hurting him. And she hates hearing him in pain, and it's really hard. And she just does it. She's it like, is hard hearing him in pain, to be fair. David's acting in this bit is phenomenal. Like, it's really good. I really like it. I know some of might say it's over the top, but I don't care. I like it. I mean, it is very over the top, but it like doesn't feel like out of place over the top, you know? Exactly. And like, obviously, I'm, I'm sure people have turned this into memes like, huh, me after a curry, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> me on the toilet after a curry. <sighs> um, <laughs> or did I just create it? Who knows? Um, but I, I really like... I just really like it. And then, like, you know, he's, like, completely frozen. And that's really cool. And then he, like, defrosts immediately because he's just hot. Um, And then Martha just essentially saves the day. Even though the doctor tells her how to do it, she's taking charge and she's, like, she runs across the ship. They're in the engine room. She's, like, you know, unload the fuel now. Come on. And then they do it. And then it's all good. And then the doctor, like the way the kind of sun leaves his eyes and you just feel, it's, it's almost like in midnight. You know when, obviously, again, nowhere near as good. But like when the creature leaves the doctor, stops possessing the doctor and he kind of like exhales and you feel the relief. You're like, oh, that must have hurt. Oh, God. I like it. I like that. I like the tension. I like it. But then what annoys me is how it just comes crashing down to being calm again. It's like, hold on a minute, we've just been through yeah, some shit. Yeah, honestly, I'm not going to lie. Like, my, my final two notes before, like, all of my wrap-up stuff um, that I was writing, so, of course, yeah, the Doctor being infected um, is, a, is a waste of an idea. Fake Jeopardy for Martha and the Doctor, so I've kind of already expressed that. Uh, and then my follow-up to that says, then some stuff happens and the episode ends. Um, it's genuinely how apathetic I was feeling at that point. Okay, well, let me, let me ring this up then, because you didn't write it down. Kath sacrificing herself was the best way out because honestly, she fucked up. She done fucked up. And I was like, you know what? There's no redeeming that. So see you, babe. Yeah, I mean, you know, she's gonna get gonna get a collar felt for doing all the illegal stuff, so you know, better just You know what I mean? But again, like I said, I like the fact that she's flawed and it's interesting. But so 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 did you not like that the doctor was possessed then? Or were you just not a fan of that whole no, no, I don't. I don't. Explain. I want to hear why. Like, I want to understand. So I just, me. I don't know. It just feels like, like none of the. I, I don't know because it's because there's no link between the way he's possessed and the actual monsters of the episode. You, you know, as in like the way it presents itself, right? You know what I mean. Like it's the same thing that's happened, but it feels like a completely different thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. It's it's like someone. Like two people getting cyber converted, but one turns into a cyberman and right. you know, one turns into a, a robot horse. Uh, you know what I mean? Like they they're ostensibly the, the same thing, but they feel different. The end product feels different. Um, means that I don't go like, oh, he's turned into the villain. It just feels like an obstacle, a hindrance they have to overcome in the third act because they've kind of just run out of things to do. Like that doesn't feel like the point that the story is building towards. Doesn't feel like the Doctor gets possessed at the end of Martha has saved the day. It just feels like a um, okay, they got back from the pod. I think it would have Is this been the doctor. I don't know. Like it just, 
It feels a bit incongruous. I do think um, it would have been better, though, if it happened earlier. Yeah. Or, yeah, I don't know. There's There are ways that it can be done that I think it feels good. I just don't think it's necessarily happening in the in the right yeah. story. That's fair uh, enough. Especially I just wanted to know. Again, I think I think his acting is in, is interesting as well. I just think, especially because a lot of it then is just him screaming. It doesn't feel. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't do know. know what you mean. I, don't I do. Quite feel the stakes there. Um, however, I'm now daydreaming about imagining Ten getting possessed by the literal devil in the Bottle Planet. That would have been good. Yeah, I know. Oh. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I don't dislike it. Like, honestly, it's pretty low down in my list of complaints about the episode, to be honest. <laughs> but, you know, I was just wondering what you thought, to be honest, about that. But um, yeah, and then like, so yeah, you're you're on you're on this high at the end, whether it be good or bad. The stakes are high in that, it, like the the tension is high. Uh, and then you know the Mar the Martha, <laughs> Martha the Martha. Ma well, she's the she's that bitch. So yes, the Martha, the Mar the Martha Jones. Martha and Ten hug, which I love that hug. They're just like clinging onto each other, and I love that. It's like yes, love it. Uh, gestures, gestures. Um, and then suddenly it's like, Fum, yeah, uh, are you gonna be alright without any fuel? Yeah, okay, yeah, well, bye. And it's like, hold on, um, hold on a bloody yeah. okay, bye. Like, as I said, to coin a phrase, okay, bye. And it's like. I just feel like, how are they ready to go on another adventure after that? Because I'd need a fat nap, like a fat old nap. I need yeah. a shower, first of all, and then I'd need two to five working days to recover, and then I'd be like, all right, let's go on another. Jeez. Like, yeah, like I'm I'm thinking of, you know, end, again, end of the Satan Pit where, you know, the Doctor's towing the ship and then they're talking to the crew through the intercom. They've built up a rapport as a group. They want them to do well. Um, they make sure they're okay. Whereas, yeah, this does feel a bit like, fuck, okay, right, we dealt with that, we're leaving, bye. Yeah, like, literally, literally. I see I see in reality them actually just staying with the crew until they get to the next safest place. Yeah. Like, have a bit more of a, a wind-up, you know what I mean? Wind-up, like, you know, like... Yeah, wind, yeah, like a, yeah, a wind-down. Yeah, wind-down, that's down. it, yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, just, you know, bring us into the chill... Have a character who has to now assume the role of captain. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All Anything. of that. Um, yeah. Little funeral for the captain, something, I don't know. I just think, I mean, I, it would be good, but I think it would have been better if we cared more about the people on the ship than we would have had more of a, do you know what I mean, an interest. But we don't. We don't care. The only one I cared about was one the the, the person that said, oh, kill me now, and then they got killed. I was <laughs> like, you're hilarious. Yeah. Where have you gone? Oh, no. You know? Yeah, yeah, I like her. She's got good vibes. Yeah. Um, good vibes, man. And then you get that ending with Francine being like, why don't you come around? Let's have a catch-up. And it's the blonde lady listening in. She's like, I hope you voted. And it's like, what's going on? What do you mean? Yeah, I like that. I like that. Eerie! It's eerie, my dude. And I like it. It is. Although, of course, I don't want to... Because I do genuinely like the scene. This is this is a, this is a fun nitpick rather than uh, me actually hating it. But I do like that she... Ends the phone call and then gives her her phone and she puts it in an evidence bag. I'm like, but how are you going? How are you going to do more? How how's Martha going to contact you again? How are you going to do more of this? Surely you need to do more of this. It's very silly. What's going on? But it's it is in another episode. I'll be like, that is high camp that she takes a phone. Yeah. It's like right in an evidence bag. But like at the end of this, I just feel like okay. Like okay. why why are you doing that? Yeah. No, you can't have your phone anymore. It's like I don't know if that's how that works, but I'm having fun. 
We're having fun. I'm not having fun, but, you know, in that scene, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> So, we are at the wrap-up now, where we talk about our standout moment, something that didn't work, our most doctory moment, and our favourite quote slash quotes. Elliot, as always, heading right over to you. <sighs> standout moment. I am not doing this to be different. I genuinely, I could not <laughs> think of anything. Oh, like, man. Like, maybe, maybe at the end, the sort of, asking about election day and then getting a little bit of like the sound of drums sort of sweet coming in kind of bought me a bit of pleasure but like broadly i've struggled with that and i'm not gonna lie i'm not just doing that to be quirky <laughs> genuinely struggled well no that is a, no that counts that's a standout moment that, that last scene is good and it's a standout moment yeah i think that counts that counts as your okay. answer damla standout moment for me it's martha freezing the doctor in the stasis chamber like i'm actually like gagged i was like oh my god like this is so emotional so i sound really sarcastic but i was genuinely like oh my god yeah that was my standout moment it really just made me like <gasps> gasp and also like need that to happen on a hot day oh yeah for sure um just turn me into a nice lolly um anyway uh what didn't work for you oh god we don't have time for a list so just we know, we know you. We know you fucking hated it, all right. Yeah, moment, moment that moment that didn't work, as in you know, stood out completely head and shoulders over everything else of just like really, really not working for me and almost actively turning me against the episode. Yeah, and it's the kiss at the end. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Why? Why? Um, Why? I have, I have two. So, so I'm not allowed a list. You. <laughs> yeah, no, I am allowed. You're not allowed. Um. Well. No. I, I, I support women's rights. I also support women's wrongs. <laughs> hey. When, um, women have the audacity. Yeah, anyway, sorry. No, so I, I, I technically have one point, which is going to be the expanded one, but the other one is just I'm going to mention because I've already talked about it, which is Corwin and Ashton got really confusing. I couldn't tell who was who, and it was a real problem for me at some point. I genuinely couldn't tell. Yeah. Um, but then the other thing is this. I was going to have it in my points, but it actually bothered me actively. And it didn't work for me. At the end when the doctor gives Martha the key, it feels very off. And I'll tell you why. It feels like she's trying to get his approval, which I know she kind of is, but I hate that. And I really hate it. And I don't like it. But, you know, oh, a frequent flyer's privilege. And it's like, oh, fucking get fucked. I've had enough. Stop it. <laughs> it feels weird because like obviously at the start he's like yeah frequent flies privilege i feel like they should have gone through enough i know they're trying to have a callback but it feels like they should have gone enough through the episode where he's like have a tardis key and she's like oh well frequent flies privilege and he's like no you saved my life have yeah. a tardis key i need exactly you. Yes. like yeah. yes like you so you still call the line back but you spin it on its head yeah that's perfect the way you said that's exactly how she'd been like oh yeah frequent flies privilege and then he's like no like I, you know, you saved my life. Yes, perfect. Again, this is why you're the writer here. Um, so, what was your most doctory moment? I actually, I'm, I'm not going to pick an obvious one for this. Okay. Because I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. I might not, but I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. For me, actually, it's a really subtle moment when Martha and the Doctor are in the TARDIS at the end. And as much as I don't like the, the being burnt up by the sun stuff, she... Sort of tries to press him about how he is, and he does that sort of ten sad boy look past the camera, and is then just like, "No, nah, I'm fine." Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, "I, you can just tell 
He's had something really fucking horrible happening inside him. Probably all kinds of things happening inside his head. He was screaming in pain. And he's like, oh, I'm fine. That feels so 10th Doctor. It's so. It's like literally, so imagine you're 10 and I'm whoever. Hey, Doctor, are you okay? I'm fine. No, but you've you got to do the pause, like the awkwardly long pause as well. So let's do it again. Hold on. Okay. Okay. Try and narrate me looking forlornly past the camera. <laughs> Because it's an audio, it's an audio medium. It's an audio medium. I'm gonna add, I'm gonna add some sound effects. I'm gonna add some ambience. Are you ready? Okay. Doctor, are you all right? Oh, I'm fine. Literally. No, you're so right. I think no, I think you hit the nail. I think that's literally <laughs> so perfect. It puts yeah. mine to shame. I think. Um, I mean, uh, yours, yours is less. Well, I assume so anyway. I don't know, but yeah, like that's the that's the cool kids hipster option for me. No, it's a good one though. I like the subtle ones. I like the subtle characterization um, that you know David gives to ten. You know, Um, mine is a ship is crashing into the sun, but the Doctor always has time to save someone every time. Doesn't matter. There's like twelve minutes left or something stupid. He was like, "I'm gonna go save Martha." I don't care. I'm gonna detour to save Martha. Fair enough. Um, as you should exactly so favourite quotes have you got any at all <laughs> no genuinely like no like like there was and not even necessarily because I'm like I'm going oh god the dialogue was so bad I just no one said anything where I was like ah oh, that's okay that's a fun line like nothing stood out to me on that front wow personally. is that the first time this has happened on the podcast it might be because even in I know it was really hard on the Shakespeare code, but even on that, I was like, oh, there's a couple of lines that tickled me and there's a couple of moments I liked, but I don't know, I couldn't think of anything wow. because everyone, everything that everybody was saying was so perfunctory <laughs> and just serving I like that word. plot that I didn't, didn't pick up anything. Perfunctory. That's fair enough. First time for everything, guys. It's first time for everything. First time for everything. I do have one. But only one. Yeah, go on. To bring some levity back. Mine is from Martha when she's about to freeze the Doctor. I really like that moment, can you tell? Um, she says... Just stay calm. You saved me. Now I return the favor. Just believe in me, oh, girl. I would, I would trust you with my life. Are you joking? Yeah, it feels a little like um. Uh, I can't remember the way it's delivered, so it's probably nothing like it. But just the way you were saying it reminds me of um, uh, yeah, in um, Christmas Invasion, where Rose whispers, "I need you," which I love. I love that as well. By the way, that is great. But, you know, I just like the way she would just like, just yeah. believe in me. Like, I'm going to, you know, I've got you. But, yeah, so that was 42, 42, whatever, you know, whatever whatever is your bag with that. Four to, four to doomsday. Four. <laughs> oh, that's my classic Doctor Who um, Out of five, we rate out of five here at Cap. Uh, so, Elliot, my love, out of five, what are you giving it? And I think I know what you're going to say, but what are you giving it out of five? Back of my bullshit with another one out of five. <laughs> That's um, so harsh. Oh my god. I mean, didn't I also do that for was it Shakespeare Code? No, you gave Shakespeare Code a two, I think, or a one and a is half it? at least. I can't remember. I know I trounced that one. But yeah, no, we're we're back. We're back on this like, you know. Uh, when you know, a one a one is not like I think people sometimes get really het up about their rating systems like, well a one means there's nothing about it you liked. Fundamentally not true. It means like the things that I've said I like, I've had to work for them, I've had to mind them yeah. and 
they have bought me maybe a fleeting second of joy in something otherwise that I felt thoroughly miserable watching. And, you know, we don't like to be really negative and, you know, shouty, we just going to have fun about it, but, like, ultimately, that's my truth, is I really, really, really struggled this week, guys, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and that's really fine, struggled. that is your truth, that's fine. I, you know, like I said, I actually find a lot of fun in this episode, and I, ne- I, I always, like, I never skip it in a rewatch. I give it a three, because I really... There's a lot of stuff I like about it. There's a lot of stuff that's wrong with it. There's a lot of stuff that I really like about it as well. And it's really fun. Um, so it's three for me. So yes, that's 42. And then next week... <laughs> boy, oh boy! Controversy abound as <laughs> contrarian podcaster extraordinaire Elliot Mayer takes on one of the most beloved two-parters in the whole of the show... And has some fucking opinions about whether or not it's actually any good. Can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be a wild ride, guys. It's going to be mad. It's going to be a wild ride. But that uh, that brings the curtains down. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Are you honestly? I'm joking. I would. I would love to see it. <laughs> that brings the curtains down. Another episode come along. Pond. We do have fun. Patreon, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Um, that's basically how I closed out the episodes when it was just me. So, yeah. True. I think. I think. I think. Yeah. Uh, for for a special for a special episode one day, we should get used to. It. Uh. I'm going to do it again at some point. But you know what? It's not a special episode. It's just this one. Sorry. Wow. So take it away, babe. <laughs> that brings the curtains down on another wonderful episode of the Come Along Pond podcast, the gayest show in the galaxy. We hope you had fun. I sure didn't when I was actually trying to watch it. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Down my fun. I didn't. Anyway, if you like what you heard and you want to support the show, you can do that by going to patreon.com forward slash come along pond podcast. We have one tier over there. It is the companion tier. If you want to, you know, chuck us a little bit of money, maybe help us one day set up a PO box. A lot of you are asking. That's the place to go. Probably more tiers coming soon. But for the moment, bask in the glory of Lewis, of River, of Bulldozer 7113, of Jason, of Becca, Judson Smith, of Abby Potts, of David Cummings, of Jack Wilson, Jack Parker, and Ben Somersall. They are all pledged to that £3 companion tier. Join them. However, don't want to do that. That's absolutely fine. Don't know if you heard it at the top of the show. If you skipped it, I don't like you. That means you can email us, comealongpompod at gmail.com if you want to be as cool as Fliss, as Jack, and as cool as Lewis. Send us an email one day. We'll probably read them out on the show. Worst ways, we won't. I'm kidding. We always read them out. Anyway, don't want to write emails because it's not 1995. Not a problem. Hit us up over on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash come along pond DW. Someone stole our name. Anyway, over there, we don't really have many interactions because Twitter is a vast moaning hellscape. However, once a week when the episode goes live, we do tweet about it. And if you tweet at us, maybe send us a DM. We will probably get back to you. It's just me in charge of that now, so you can see how dreadful the content is when it's just me left to my own devices. Anyway, not interested in Twitter because you hate Elon Musk or fucking same. Don't own Emerald Mines in South Africa. Don't be racist. Go to TikTok instead. Over there, come along, Pond Podcast. Vignettes, videos, short little moments, aperitifs, hot little sexy teasers about the things that you can expect in the Come Along Pond podcast. I know you know it exists because you listen to it to get here, but honestly, if you haven't, go over there. It's a good time. It's a gay time. Big following over there. Hundreds of thousands of people have seen our TikToks. Wish they'd actually listen to the show. Anyway, Come Along Pond podcast over on TikTok, but your one-stop shop, news, stories, posts, polls, 
reels, which are like TikToks, but not as good, and made by Mark Zuckerberg. Over there, Instagram, come along Pond Podcast, send us a DM, get all the latest tips, tricks, and scoops. That's where we are. Come along Pond Podcast, same artwork on all the platforms. You can't miss us. Same queer nonsense. Give us some love. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, with all that being said, Damla, oh, it's been so lovely chatting to you. It's been so fun. Love, love when we get heated on this podcast. It's very funny. Heyo. Heyo. Incidentally, it's been very lovely chatting to all of you at home as well. And we give you air for our lungs. I'm going to need to. I'm actually knackered after doing that. <laughs> Genuinely, I was struggling for breath. That's too much. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Damn it. How long did you put that in the oven for? It's hotter than the sun. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Oh. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.